I'm glad you're here. We're, um, we're kind of walking through the last few weeks, the fruit of the Spirit, and we've made it to, um, well, let's, let's back up just for a second. We've talked about when you abide in Jesus, these things are evident in your life, and the more evident they are is an indicator of how close you are. And so today we're at this text that says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We're going to talk about kindness today. If you think about it, love, joy, and peace, man, that's kind of a great ambition for any life. I mean, if you could have love, joy, and peace in your life, you'd really have a good life. And so if you have that, then you get the rest. And, and so um, I was, um, right before the first service, I was talking to a couple of mothers of preschoolers, and I was asking them, you know, are you getting too much sleep? You know, are you having anything to do? And um, one of the mothers said, uh, if you weren't the pastor, I'd punch you. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad she heard the message because she really needed it. But some of us need the message about kindness. How do we, how do we live in a world where um, it's kind of an unkind place? And so we're going to talk about how you live in kindness. Now, it's interesting to me. I see acts of kindness all over. If you start to look for it, I knew this sermon was coming up. So for the last couple of weeks, I've been looking. And if you'll look, you'll see kindness happening all around. A couple weeks ago, I was at one of Elise's volleyball games, and they have, at her school, they have stands, and there aren't handrails everywhere, I mean, like on the edge, but really in the middle there aren't. And there was a little lady, she's older, and she was trying to get to the top where her granddaughter was, and her granddaughter was on the phone, so she wasn't really paying attention. And the lady was struggling, and, and I saw a guy who asked if he could help her, and he helped her up. Uh, to get to her seat up on the very top and then when the game was over he kind of went over and helped her down and I mean acts of kindness happen all the time when we went to Salt Lake City we were at the airport and um, there was a guy uh, in line and and we went he was at the reservation booth no that's not right the uh, the gate booth the, the booth the gate the gate the gate he, is that what it's called uh, gate and there's a person there they're called the gate person uh agent agent okay and so the agent was there and this guy was trying to change seats i think he paid for an upgrade and so he could get a seat with uh, more leg room that's a good call by the way if you're going on a long flight and so he got this um, uh, upgrade and then he asked there he had been talking to a lady in line while they were waiting for the gate agent um hey can she have the seat that i just vacated and i guess it was an aisle seat the lady wanted an aisle seat and so the, 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 the gate agent said, yeah, sure. So she came up, and this guy walked away. And, and I thought it was a really kind thing to do. It was really kind. And, and, but I, I watched him. I'm kind of watching. I like to watch people. And, I kind of, and he kind of stood back, and he waited for this lady to get her new seat assignment. And then she walked to him, and he says, you made my day because I'm always looking for, to serve people. You know, it's like, come on, dude. It's like, you, because uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. And that's kind of how it felt to me. And I almost went and quoted this, but uh, he was tatted up and mean, and I was afraid he was going to punch me in the throat. And so I, I, I let it be, but it's like, but it's still, he was, he was being kind. It was nice. This is a lady. Her name is um, Amy something. Let me find it. Amy Adams. My mother's name was Adams. I bet we're cousins. Uh, she, um, she is an actress, like Academy Award winning actress. And uh, there's a story where she gets on a plane. She's in first class. Um, and she notices a soldier gets on, sits in coach, and 
she quietly, sort of privately asks the flight attendant if she could change seats. And she does. And I mean, she didn't do it because she wanted any acclaim for it. She just did it as an act of kindness. I just really, it's really, really kind of a nice story. Um, so I was on a plane one time and um, it was a smaller plane and the attendant, we got the boarding and we, the, 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 the attendant on, on the flight said, um, we need to balance out the plane, too many people on the left and somebody on the right. And I volunteered to change. So me and Amy Andrews, we're, we're kind of like the same. Uh, it's kind of, but here's what I know about kindness. It's really interesting. And, and really, we need to understand this. Kindness opportunities, are, they're everywhere. If you start looking for them, they're every place. It is like, you know, when you buy a car and it's like you've never seen one before and now all of a sudden they're everywhere or you paint the, the door on your house red and now all of a sudden every house is red. Well, kindness opportunities will present themselves to you if you start looking for them. So they're every place. And you might already take them. That's great. That's a, that's a good thing. Some are bigger than others. I mean, me changing from one side to the other wasn't that big a deal. Going from first class to coach is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a, it's a downgrade, obviously, and it was quite a, quite a magnanimous uh, gesture on her part. Uh, but here's what I know. All kindness is good kindness. And we're called to be kind people. In fact, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's, it is a big deal. And if Christians were to begin to be known for these things, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, if we were known for our kindness, then it would make a difference in the world. In fact, there was a church in Cincinnati a few years ago. Uh, it was a vineyard church, and they started doing something called Random Acts of Kindness. And what they would do, the pastor's name was Steve Sogren, and they, they made little cards and they would do kind things for people, and they would give this card, and they would say, the card basically said, God's love is free, and this gift of service is free. We just wanted you to know that God loves you. And, and their church began to grow because there were people who took note of this. And, and so they would do things, I mean, it was really, some of them were, were huge. Uh, I, re I read the book, Conspiracy of Kindness is the name of the book, and they talked about going to gas stations and saying to the attendant at the gas station, uh, we'll clean the bathroom for you if that's okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're the, the guy at the, at the, it's like, yeah, it's okay, dude. Uh, I mean, I'd let them clean the bathroom. They would do stuff like that, but it was simpler stuff. Uh, sometimes it was si uh, sitting with somebody at lunch at work who usually didn't have anybody to sit with. Now, a lot of times those people don't want to sit with anybody, but maybe they do. Maybe they need a friend, and so they ask about those kinds of things. They, they did nice stuff. They let people merge in traffic. They brought donuts to, to, uh, to, to the office. Uh, I heard about one. I really like this one. In fact, I, I had the opportunity for this one time. It actually happened to me. Um, you're at the drive-thru at the, uh, at, at the restaurant, you're at the drive-thru restaurant, and you pay for the person behind you. And somebody did that for me one time. It was awesome. And the whole day I had this mixture of emotions. I'm thankful, but I'm regretful I didn't order dessert. You know, it's like, I could have had more, but, uh, uh, you know, doing nice things for people, um, it, it is, there's this blessing that comes with that. When the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness... When we do these things, it helps us feel the presence of God because God is these things. Remember, those, that's, that's the 
kind of like who God is. He, he is love. In fact, the Bible says God is love. Uh, he's patient. He's kind. And, and so if he is that way, then we should be that way too. And it affects people when you're kind to them. I, I used to see my dad. He was, he was super with folks. And he was kind with folks. And, and if you were down on your luck, he would give you things. And I, and I, I love that about him. It's great to have a mentor in your life who exhibits kindness and what it looks like. First, one of the, maybe the first persons you think about when you think of kindness is Mr. Rogers. You remember him on television? He was on TV for 40 years and, and he had that show and he'd welcome, welcome you into his neighborhood and, and it was always a little goofy. And, but man, he was so nice. And about a year before he died, somebody stole his car. He lived in Philadelphia. Well, it made the news. And they were talking about somebody stole Mr. Rogers' car. Well, the thief heard about the fact that he stole Mr. Rogers' car. And he had never given a car back. You know, it's like, it's not what you do when you're a thief. But he, when he was a kid, he had watched Mr. Rogers. And it had affected his life, but obviously not enough. Uh, but, but some, you know. And that act of, he just decided how he gave the car back. It was really interesting. I read a story about a guy he wrote for uh, Reader's Digest. He was talking about, he lived in Wisconsin. If you've ever lived in the north, um, you know, when I moved to Michigan, this is kind of funny. When I moved to Michigan, they said to me, you always want to have a parka in your car, in your trunk. I'm like, in the summer? That's stupid. I'm not doing that. So I didn't listen to them. That, that wasn't smart. And so it was spring. I remember it was spring. It was track season. Mallory was running track, one of my girls. And I went to the track meet in the spring. And um, it was a blizzard. And I thought to myself, I wish I had a parka in my car uh, right now. And so when you live in the north, you just kind of have to prepare for really, really cold weather. Well, this guy lived in Wisconsin. He was driving to work, sub-zero temperatures, had a flat tire. He didn't have a hat. He wasn't prepared. And so he's out, and it's cold, and he's trying to change that tire. And you can imagine, man, your hands lose dexterity and all that kind of stuff. And he's trying to change the tire. He's down on his knees in the snow trying to change the tire. And he talks about this little old lady in, in her 70s or 80s, drives by, sees him, turns around, parks on the other side of the road, walks across the street where he's kneeling down, changing the tire. She takes her gloved hands and she puts him on his ears. And he, he lets her, you know, and he changes the tire. And after it was over with, she said, they just look so cold, I couldn't let you be here like that. Well, that's kindness. And those opportunities are all over the place. I mean... Uh, I go to Home Depot and Lowe's some, and, and sometimes there'll be people who, uh, they've bought something and they need to get it in a truck and they don't, they don't have enough help. You can help them, you know. There's, there's stuff like that, that you, can, you can do for people. I'm, I'm relatively tall. Sometimes you get stuff off of a shelf for somebody. I mean, there are times that God gives you these opportunities. They're, they're, these opportunities are everywhere. And what we need to understand is this. It's that kindness is part of God's DNA. Really interesting. The word kind or kindness is used 70, about 71 times, exactly 71 times in the New Testament. It talks a lot about kindness. Sometimes it talks about people being kind. There's this lady in Acts 9, her name is Dorcas. What a name. Uh, and I used to think she was a dork, and evidently she wasn't. And the Bible says about her that she, she went about doing kind things for others. Wow. 
I mean, isn't that a cool reputation? Wouldn't you like on your headstone it to say, uh, she went about doing kind things for others. She, she wasn't a dork at all. She was great. She was a kind person. And the Bible talks about God's kindness. Look at, look at this text. So God can always point to us as examples of His incredible wealth, of His favor and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us through Christ Jesus. God is kind. That's one of the things He is. He, he treats us with kindness. And then it says this about us. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This is, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. This, this is really important. A few years ago, I was, you know, guys, we like to razz each other a little bit. We kind of dig, you know. Uh, uh, somebody will say, you know, like I'll wear a shirt like this, and they'll say, do they sell men's clothes there? Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, guys say stuff like that. It's, it's, it's okay. But, but there was um, a moment in time about, you know, five years ago, I did that a lot with people. I was kind of sassy, and I'm still a little bit sassy, but I felt like God was saying, you do it too much. Uh, be kind. Uh, encourage people. D don't be like this. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but help build each other up. Be an encourager to people. I, I felt like I, w I really wasn't doing it very well. And we live in a really angry world. Have you noticed? Everybody's mad. Oh, my word. And if you're of this political persuasion, you're against these people. And if you're this political persuasion, you're against these people. And, and we're clashing all the time, and, and everybody's angry. <laughs> we're angry about everything. We're just mad. And the Bible says this, be kind. It's like a command. Now, we talked about, hey, if you abide in Jesus, then you're, you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You'll have it. But it's also commanded, be kind. Kind. It's like a really short commandment and compassionate and, 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 and encourage each other. And so, for all you South Carolina fans, I'm going to encourage you. You can beat Georgia next week. You can. You won't, uh, but, but you can. It's possible. I mean, look, we, we've got to be people who encourage one another. Be kind and compassionate. This is what we're called to do. Now, um, when we're kind and compassionate and we're forgiving each other, uh, just like Christ forgave us, see, then we get over our anger and our hostility. The way to get over anger and hostility is be kind, be compassionate, forgive. Just be kind to people. Be nice to people. The other day, you know, I preached on patience, right? Last week was patience. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, that one's a really good one. Uh, patience, really good. And so, um, I, part of it's, what's really funny to me is when I preach and I talk about anything and I use a driving illustration, everybody gets it. And so, patience and driving, everybody gets. So, I had Miriam and Elise in the car. I forget. I think we were coming to church maybe Wednesday. It was Wednesday because I was bringing Elise to church for youth group. And um, I was driving our normal route, and this lady pulls out in front of me. Like, she's on the side and she pulls out. And... Uh, for some of you, I know what some of you would have done. Some of you would have tapped the horn like a, hello, I'm here. You know, that kind of thing. Some of you would have laid on the horn. I'm not pointing any fingers, but you know who you are. And, and so I did neither. 
Very proud of myself. Very proud. I got off the gas. I let the lady come out. She waved at me. I waved back just like this, I promise. Just like this. <laughs> Way back. And then I said to Miriam in particular, uh, I'd like it noted... I want credit for being patient. <laughs> and she said, so you want credit for doing the right thing? It's like, well, that's not the point. Uh, I'd like credit because here's what I know. I'm not always patient and I, I, need, I need affirmation. I, she should have affirmed that. She should have been encouraging to me like the Bible says. Be kind and compassionate and encourage one another. And sometimes we just need that. We need somebody to whisper in our ear, hey, good job. And we, part of kindness is encouraging other people. I read about a lady, she had just gotten her tax refund check and she was waiting, she just gotten it cashed. And so she had more money than normal in her purse and she was waiting at the bus stop and she was a little nervous. You know how you get when you have money in your, in your uh, purse or your wallet, you have more than normal, you're kind of looking around and she was kind of looking around and there was a guy and he looked a little sketchy. You know, she was kind of judging him. He kind of looked a little sketchy. He kind of looked a little unseemly, you know. But she noticed something. She, she watched the guy come up. He handed this dude some money and whispered in his ear. And then walked away. And she was so encouraged by that. It's like, wow, you know, I can be kind and compassionate too. So she takes a tin out of her purse and she walks over. And she puts the money in the guy's hand and she leans over and she whispers, Never despair. Never despair. Next day, she's at the same bus stop. There's the shady-looking guy again. Except this time, he comes up to her and hands her $110. And she said, what are you doing this? He said, your horse came in. Never despair, 10 to 1. Uh, so, so. Well, I can't promise that uh, every time you do something kind, it's going to come in at 10 to 1. But, but here's what I do know. When, when the Bible says, be kind and compassionate, to one another, basically a lot of times kindness often looks like understanding and forgiveness. It, it often looks like forgiveness. It often looks like I'm going to be patient. Kindness often is wrapped in different sorts of things. And it's commanded. Now, now we've talked about, you know, if, we're, if we abide in Jesus, then this is going to be part of who we are. Yes, absolutely. But, but sometimes we have to work at it. And being kind and looking for opportunities, look, when you begin to look for them, you are going to find them. Because they happen all the time. This morning, I was watching a couple of brothers who came to the first service. One brother went and got his other brother a, a cinnamon roll. I mean, it's simple. It, it wasn't big. But it was nice. It was, uh, it was kind. It, it was noteworthy in my mind. Hey, that, that's pretty cool. That, that little kid did something for his friend. And, and really, when you see it, you should say to people, wow, uh, thank you for doing that. I have a friend, Scott. Yesterday, Elise was running in a cross-country meet. Um, has anybody ever attended a cross-country meet? Like one, your kid or grandkid? Oh, only, only one? Oh. <laughs> well, consider yourself blessed. Uh, cross-country is this. All right, This is all cross-country is. There's a start... And then they run into the woods, and this is you for about 20 minutes. 
and then they come back, and it's over. Uh, that's, uh, that's cross country. Anyway, uh, they had parked on the side of the road. We were, we were in uh, Marietta, Marietta. And uh, um, have you been to Marietta? Anybody? That's great. Um, it's something. Uh, we were, yeah, it was something. Anyway, uh, they had parked on the side of the road, and there was my, my buddy Scott parked behind this older couple, and, and they had parked where uh, the, the older lady was driving, and, and she's, on a, she's on a cane. And, and when she opened her door, there was this great big puddle of water. Now, I'll, Scott was telling me this, and I, I really appreciate it. He was, he was this way. He put rocks in the puddle until she could step out, Remember, remember growing up, and it was chivalrous for a man to put his coat down, you know, over a puddle, that kind of thing. Well, he threw rocks in a puddle, kind of the same thing, and he helped her out. And he made sure she could get uh, where she needed to be. And a lot of times, you see acts of kindness around older people because they need it. But it does, it's not just old people that need kindness. And the Bible talks about kindness all the time. If you start to look for it, it's everywhere. Look, look at this text. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's us, those of us who follow Jesus, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Hey, this is what it should look like to be you. Compassion and kindness. You know, when you see things over and over again, there's a point trying to be made. When my mama used to, you know, when she would repeat my name, I knew I was in trouble, or she'd use my whole name, I knew I was in trouble. It's kind of like that. And if God continues to say, hey, kindness should be something that you clothe yourself with, that should be what you look like. Humility, gentleness, patience, a lot of uh, the fruit of the Spirit there. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together. This is what we're called to do. Be kind. There's a reason. Kindness is one of the most effective tools for reaching people. We think that if people have the knowledge that they'll come to Christ. And, and, and maybe that helps. I know that helps. But sometimes you just have to be nice to people. Show them that Christ, that Christ is making a difference in your life. Look, look at this verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And then let me show you this word. Uh, his steadfast love. The, the Hebrew word is chesed. You know what say it? you got to do it with a guttural. Chesed. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Yeah, wrong. Okay. Uh, uh, chesed. Uh, it, it, it's the word, it literally means loving kindness. It's like they join these two words together. Like they... Have you ever seen a rainbow and you can't tell where one color stops? And There's no like line of demarcation, one color stops. It just sort of fades into the other. Well, God's love and His kindness are, they're kind of inseparable. You, they're there, you, you see it, you just don't know how to separate them because they seem to always go together. That's what attracted people to Jesus. Now, don't get the notion that Jesus never confronted people. He did. Uh, Pharisees, man, he was on them. He, he fashioned a whip one time. So it wasn't like he's whipping people and saying, uh, I encourage you. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I encourage you to get out of here is what he was saying. But sometimes you have to be firm. As Shakespeare once said, and I read a lot of Billy uh, Shakespeare, uh, you got to be cruel to be kind. Sometimes you have to tell the truth, even though the truth is difficult to hear. 
I mean, look, if you, if you have a friend and they're going the wrong path, uh, I, I use an illustration like if my daughter is going to, uh, if she was a toddler and she was walking into traffic, um, me being kind, that, being kind isn't the thing that she needs right then. She needs somebody to tell her the truth. Stop. you got to stop. This is dangerous. So one of the kindest things you can do is tell the truth, right? You've got to tell the truth. But, but there's this, 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 Jesus was incredibly attractive to people because he was so kind to people. Think about the woman caught in adultery. This mob was about to stone her to death. I mean, you talk about what a scene. This mob of men with stones in their hands and this woman who was probably naked. If she's not naked, she's about naked. Or as we say in Kentucky, naked. And they're about to stone her to death. And Jesus is like, he's calm and kind. And he just diffuses the situation. You've got people who are born blind and his kindness heals them, or lepers and his kindness heals them. And he talks to people in such a way where he's not condescending. And he could have been. Jesus is God. He, he could be that way. And he chooses not to be. Social media is a plague. I, I get on there and I, I, I'm friends with lots of people. Man, i got lots of people. I, I've lived everywhere. I've got lots of kinds of friends. And sometimes somebody will say something on there that just it's just infuriating. That's not even true. Sometimes they'll be little, be little Christians, and, and it's like, oh, I feel like I have to defend us. And you know, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Sometimes. Because, man, social media isn't the place. They can't tell your tone. They can't see your response. They don't know uh, how you're feeling. I, I, I read one yesterday, and I'm like... I'm ready. <laughs> I got the bullet in the gun. You know, I'm ready to pull the trigger. And then it's like, this doesn't, this doesn't solve anything. So let's talk about how to, how do we solve things? What do we do with this? How, how do we live out kindness? I mean, that's really kind of what we want to do. If kindness is the DNA of God, and it is, and if it is the most effective way of reaching people, then how do you do it? I'm, I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at a story from the life of David. It's found in 2 Samuel 9. Now, David was ordained, was anointed king of Israel. Now, Israel already had a king. His name was Saul. And Saul didn't really want to give up the throne because when you're the king, it's good to be king. Have you ever heard that expression? Well, it was good to be king. And Saul, and he had a family, and the, the family of Saul, they wanted to be the next king, because that's kind of how it used to go. And, and David was anointed king, and so God chose him to be king. And so they had this quarrel, if you will, rivalry, between uh, David, who God anointed king, and Saul and his people. And Saul died, and he had people. And they... they struggled with one another over who was going to be king. And it lasted quite a while. This is how I know. Now, I am a biblical scholar and I do lots of research. This is how I know it lasted a long time. The war between the house of Saul and David lasted a long time. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you could have figured it out, but uh, for us biblical scholars, this is how we know stuff. So, they battled a long time. And you'll recall, you probably know this, but um, if a king is deposed 
Or if a king dies and a new king takes the throne, well, a lot of times a new king would wipe out all of his relatives, all his kin. Because the new king didn't want any of the old king's people coming up and saying, well, I should be king. I'm the king's cousin or I'm the king's nephew or whatever. So the new king oftentimes wiped out all of the old king's people. Just kind of, it was, a, it, was a, for, it was insurance policy, basically. And so David asks an interesting question. He asks this. One day, David asks, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? <laughs> now, when that question came out, and I'll read the rest of the verse in just a second, but when that question came out, the, the natural response would be for people to say, well, he's going to take care of them. But that's not what he says. Anyone to whom I can show kindness... And then he says this, for Jonathan's sake. Jonathan. Okay, well, there's Saul, and Saul had a son. His name was Jonathan. And Jonathan was the son of Saul, the king, but he was also David's best friend. In fact, it says about them, they, their friendship was such that they were one in spirit. Jonathan and David, they were, they were comrades. They were amigos. You know, they, were, they were homeboys. They, they, they were best friends. And they made an agreement with one another, as friends often do. And David and Jonathan, now these were warring kinds of people, so death was always close. And David said to Jonathan, and Jonathan said to David, hey, if you die, I'll take care of your family. And that was sort of the agreement they have. Hey, if you die, I'm going to take care of your family. We hear stories about men who go off to war and they make those agreements with each other. That happens even today, and it happened then. And so David was trying to live up to his commitments, his agreements with his friend Jonathan. Now, Jonathan had a son who had an injury at a young age. In fact, the Bible is kind of, it's, it's an odd story. His name is, well, I'll show you. His name is Mephibosheth. Um, that might not be how you say it, but that's how we're going to say it today. Mephibosheth. And as a five-year-old, he was, the city was being attacked and he had a nurse who was carrying him out. And evidently, she tripped or some accident happened and this boy broke both ankles and then evidently they were never mended properly, and so he was um, an invalid. He was crippled. He lived in an area called Lodabar. Uh, the, the name literally means no pasture. Doesn't sound like a place you want to live, right? You know, it's like cow pens. Who wants to live there? Uh, so, uh, Lodabar. So, I've insulted uh, Marietta and cow pens today, so I'm really getting them in. Um, and so this young man, who is part of the king's family, is relegated to an obscure place. He is, in that culture, considered less because of his infirmity. And he's sort of relegated to obscurity. He just kind of, he's out there somewhere. And so... David calls for him. <laughs> now, if I'm Mephibosheth and I hear the new king is calling for me, my mind would go to, he is going to kill me. Because that's what happens. It's just what happens. He's going to call me in and they're going to execute me and I'm done. 
Now, what's really interesting about kindness is, and this is the next point, it's personal. Look, look at what David does. When he comes to David, he bows low to the ground in deep respect. That's basically, dude, um, uh, he throws himself at the mercy of David, is what happens. And David says, greetings, Mephibosheth. And he replied, Mephibosheth replied, I'm your servant. When David speaks his name, he affirms that he's a person. He's not some obscure person. He's not a lesser person. He's just a person. And we live in a world, and I hate this, uh, we're becoming less and less personal. Look, I can go right now to the store. I can go to Lowe's or Home Depot or a grocery store, and I can get my things, and I can self-check out, and I never have to actually encounter anybody if I don't want to. Uh, heck, I, I, can, I can get on my computer. I can order my stuff. It can be delivered to me. I never have to see anyone. Never have to know anybody. And yet it takes the personal away. We, we, are, we are making people less... People are becoming less because we don't even have to talk to them. They're, they're just less. And there's something powerful about your name. My wife's name is Miriam. She spells it M-Y-R-I-A-M. And sometimes people will call her Miriam. Because it, it's just how we, we're English, you know. Well, we speak English. Uh, her mother, uh, that's kind of the French spelling. She's Swiss. Kind of how it goes. And here's what I know. When somebody calls her Miriam, they don't know her very well. But when they call her Miriam, I know that they're friends. They know her, right? Our names are important to us. My last name is four letters. V-E-S-T. Vest. Like a three-piece suit. The other day I got a letter, and they misspelled my last name. Four letters. They spelled it V-A-S-T, and I've, I've gained a little weight. It didn't make me feel very good. Joseph Vast? Who was that? Insulting. So, I'm going to challenge you this week. When you have an opportunity to learn somebody's name, do it. Just do that. Let's say you go to a restaurant and you have a server. And the server comes up. Usually what the server will say is, Hey, my name is Chad and I'm here to serve you. Now, do you remember, do you ever do that? I went to, last week, her name was Olivia. I did it because I knew I was going to come preach and I'm like, I'm going to show off. Uh, uh, so Olivia, yeah. Now, I'll say, Chad, dude, um, how you doing today? You know, get, ask him about his life. And then I'll, I'll say, Chad, I want uh, you know, a quesadilla without cheese. Uh, that's, always, that's always a challenge. Uh, if you know, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Uh, uh, I'd, like a, I'd like whatever without cheese. And I'll say, Chad, did you get that no cheese part? And we'll make <laughs> And then we'll chat. And then when Chad comes back, he brings our food, which is always great. I'll say, Chad, we're about to pray over our food. Uh, you have anything you want us to pray about? For you? That's an important person to God. Chad, or whoever your Olivia, or whoever your server is. They're important. They're important. And whether they look like you, or sound like you, or think like you, they're still important. So the challenge is, hey, uh, learn somebody's name. Uh, I wish everybody wore name tags. That would be really great, wouldn't it? Like my kids when I can't remember their names. Uh, it would be awesome if we could just remember our names. But, but remember somebody's name. Do that. I mean, it's really, really important. The next thing is, uh, 
Kindness is personal. Look at what David does. When he came to David, oh, wait a minute, I've got to do the next one. It's also practical. Uh, Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your brother. To, I mean, to your father, David, uh, Jonathan. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. I'll give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. <laughs> wow. Not, not only am I not going to kill you, I'm going to elevate you, I'm going I'm to restore your property, and then you get to eat at the king's table. And every day, as a reminder of David's kindness to his friend Jonathan, he sat Mephibosheth in his seat, and he fed him, because that's what the promise was, and that's what kindness does. We do things for one another. I love this quote from Cal Thomas. Love discussed is easily ignored. Love demonstrated is irresistible. Look at this. Super cool. The Greek word for Christ is Christos. The Greek word for kindness is Krestos. They used to call Christians Christians because they couldn't tell the difference. They were of the order of Christ or they were the order of kindness. And either way, that's just how it looked to them. They were, they were kind. It's what they knew. Now, let me give you a caution. We're about done. Let me give you a caution. Your act of kindness may not be appreciated the way you think it should be. Not everybody's going to say thank you. How many of you have ever done something for somebody and it's like, what do you say? You thought it. Here's what I know. We're not called to be kind when people are, are appreciative. Be kind has no attachments to it. It's be kind. Whether people thank you or not, because it's acting like Christ. The kindest act that ever occurred on this planet was when Jesus went to the cross. It's the kindest thing anybody has ever done for you. It's the kindest thing anybody's ever done for everyone. But not everybody appreciates it. Not everybody is thankful. There are some people who blaspheme it. There are some people who don't appreciate it. Jesus didn't die just for the people who appreciated it. He was kind to everyone. Our calling is to be kind to everyone. Father, it is a challenge to us to do what You've called us to do. And kindness sometimes is hard. And Lord, I pray that You'll give us the strength and um, determination to do what You've called us to do. Thank You, Lord, for this day that You've given us today. Help us to find and see the opportunities that You present to us and help us to live them out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.